same childish things. We're to help each other grow spiritually, and we're to love each other with the love of Christ. That's what the Christian walk is about. Yes, for changing your life with the Word with Deborah Elam. Join us for an inspiring message from Deborah. You know, the Word of God said His mercy is new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. And His truth endured to all generations. See, it don't matter what generation we're in, the truth and the Word of God will endure through every generation. And it goes on to say, His truth is forever. The Lord my God, He is awesome. He is my God. He's God alone. He is Lord of Lords. He is the great I am. You know, when Moses was on the mountain and he went up to meet with God, he saw this burning bush. And Moses said, who should I say sent me? Because God gave him different commands to go back and tell the people about how awesome he was. And he told Moses, tell him that I am that I am. That he is whatever we need for him to be. No matter how great or how small, he is the great I am. He can do it all. He can do all things. And he created all things. He gives me grace. He is my God. He is an awesome God. I know a lot of people talk about how awesome this is, how awesome their tennis shoes are, and how awesome their car is, and how awesome they think a person is. But nobody can compare to our God. Amen. He is the true meaning of what awesome really means. There's nothing impossible that our God cannot do. Our God is faithful and he cannot fail, nor can he lie. Whatever he says is true. Whatever he's spoken, it will come to pass. And it's all because of the faith that we have in God. In Isaiah, Isaiah was a prophet of the Lord. And he was called to the nation of Judah. Isaiah tells of God's salvation through the Messiah, which is the promised one, which is the chosen one, which is Jesus Christ, the anointed one. In Isaiah, he lists several things, several powerful scriptures. And in Isaiah 53, he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of his peace was upon him, and by his stripes, we are healed. Isaiah also talks about God freely offers forgiveness to all who turn to him in faith. Then we're on a faith walk. It says we look not at the things that are seen, but the things that are not seen. But the things that are seen are temporal and subject to change. But the things that are not seen are eternal. Amen. So we serve an eternal, awesome God. Isaiah reveals the holiness of God, that he is highly exalted above all creatures in creation. Some people worship idols of stone and rock, but our God is the true and the living God. Isaiah also talks about punishment because God is holy. He requires his people to treat others justly. Some people are treated cruelly and unjustly, but God is holy. He requires his people to treat others justly. And in Isaiah also talks about God's judgment is coming. We all need a Savior. God promised from the beginning because of sin that a judgment would come, but because we have a Savior. That's why it's important that we know Christ and the power of his resurrection because in that is repentance and forgiveness for no matter what sin, no matter what things we committed, the Lord is just and able to forgive and redeem us. And God sent the Messiah. And also Isaiah, it talks about hope, God's promise to deliver his people. Isaiah 42 and 7, it says, to open the blind eyes, to bring out the prisoners from the prison, 
and them that are set in darkness out of the prison house. And that's Isaiah 42 and 7. Isaiah 43 and 19 says, Behold, I do a new thing. It shall spring forth speedily. Shall you not know it? So God talks about doing a new thing in our lives. Isaiah 53 and 5 talks about how he was wounded for our transgressions. Awesome God. Isaiah 40, the 21st verse. So at the 21st verse, it says, Have you not known? Have you not heard? Have you not been told from the beginning? That's in Isaiah 40 and 21. Have you not understood from the foundations of the earth? And 22, it is he that sitteth upon the circle of the earth and the inhabitants thereof or as grass topping that stretcheth out the heavens as a curtain and spreadeth them out as a tent to dwell. Isaiah 40 and 28 down to 31. Has thou not known, has thou not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary? There is no searching of his understanding. He giveth power to the faint, and to them that have no might he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength, they shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. You know, they said when an eagle, there comes a time he has to go, and he goes up to a high place, and he plucks out all his feathers. And there he waits for new feathers to grow, so that when he soars, he can soar high above the storms, above the situations, above whatever's going on. So God says he compares us that our strength would be renewed like the eagles. In a time when we are so busy that we seem to have little time for ourselves, that God wants to renew our strength. We can go so busy with the issues of life. And you know, it's comfort to know we have comfort in him. And there we can find peace and rest for our weary souls. Hebrews 11 and 1, it talks about faith. There are seven things that we need to add to faith. Word of God said, faith without works is dead. So, you know, we can have faith in something and we can believe in something's gonna happen, but there's certain things we have to add to or put into our faith to mix with our faith, cause us to walk out this life and be successful. Just having faith alone will not make you successful in God. You can believe and believe and believe in God all you want, but there's things you have to add to your faith, things you have to do to increase the faith that you have. Success in life is not one thing. It's a combination of things. A person's going to be successful in business. You can't stay in the bed all day and be successful. I mean, you have to get up. You have to do something. You have to apply yourself. You have to engage yourself, and you have to, have to do certain things to be successful in business. And in this life, it's the same way. As a believer, your faith will not be effective unless you add these things to your faith. Now, 2 Peter 1, and we're going to start the first verse. Things to add to your faith. Now, if you don't know where 2 Peter is, you can go to Revelation and then go back from 3rd, 2nd, and 1st John, and then, hey, you're at 2 Peter, amen? Hey, you're there. <laughs> Glory to God. I tell you, Peter was something else. Peter had a temper. I tell you, he believed in standing up for what he believed in. Now, first, Peter talked about how the people were crushed. They were overwhelmed. They were devastated. They were blind. They had lacked a vision of hope. They were torn because here was a king, Nero, who was persecuting the Christians, and he desired to destroy all the Christians. And 2 Peter is a warning from God. You know, God gives us warnings of things to do and not to do. 
a warning of things to do and not to do. God will give you warnings about what to eat, what time to go to bed, if you have an ear to hear. God is an awesome God. He will tell you who to marry. He will also tell you who not to marry. He will tell you, he will even tell you what time to get up because he's an awesome God. He will tell you how to receive healing. Whatever you need in life that pertains to life and godliness, God will give you direction and instructions and guidance. 2 Peter 1 and 1 says, Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that are paying like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. We're not righteous in our own way. God is the one that gives us righteousness. God is the one that gives us peace. God is the one that gives us our salvation and our healing, our deliverance, whatever we need. It is God and God alone. He is an awesome God. It says, to everyone who shares with us in the privilege of believing that our God and Savior, Jesus Christ, will do what is just and fair. That's from the contemporary English version. The second verse goes on to say, grace, which is God's favor and peace, be multiplied to you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. It says, grace, which is God's favor and peace. That means not being upset, not being a disturbed about any situation, be multiplied. How many of us need some things added to us? Amen. We need grace and we need peace multiplied. You know, the world and the enemy is always trying to take our peace. He's always trying to keep us upset about different situations. He's always trying to disturb things that God wants for us so we can't hear the voice of God. Do you realize God is always speaking? God is always speaking to us, but we have to have an ear to hear what thus said the Lord. Three goes on to says, according to his divine power has given unto us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue. Four says, whereby are given unto us exceedingly great and precious promises that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature having escaped this corruption that is in the world through lust. Read 5 and 6 and 7. And besides this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness charity. Amen. And if these things be in you, not just in you, but if they abide in you, that means keep growing, they will make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But, listen to this, but he that lacketh these things, you see, if you don't have these things, these seven things, the seven things, if you don't have them, you are blind and cannot see afar off. Your eyesight, your vision is very important. And if a person cannot see, they need guidance. But the word of God says, if you don't have these seven things, you are blind and cannot see or you're nearsighted. You can't see afar off and have forgotten that he has purged you from your old sin. Therefore, the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. If ye do these things, ye shall never fall. Amen. You know, that's what a blind person don't want to do. They don't want to fall. If they're led around, they're fine. But they don't want to fall down. As Christians, we do not want to fall. 
We, what is falling in for a Christian? That means being entangled in sin and being entangled in bondage and life that takes away the God kind of life from us. We want to have vision. We want to keep our sight. Now, God says a righteous man falleth seven times, but he gets up. See, it's not just that you may have fallen, because we all have fallen. But God said we all have sinned. So if you've sinned, you have fallen. But God says that we get back up, and he gives us the strength as an eagle to rise back up. It's like showing the enemy that God is victorious. Every time we get back up from something that has beset us, we get back up. And it's like, I like it said, like giving the enemy a black eye. You know, it's like punching him and saying, hey, you're defeated again. God is victorious because God is awesome. And Levin says, for so an entrance shall be ministered to you abundantly unto the everlasting kingdom that our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Wherefore, I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things, though ye know them and be established in the present too. See, some things we do know, but we have to be reminded. You know, it's like a, it's like a child. It's like a child. Have you ever told them, have you ever seen a child, uh-uh, don't touch the stove, that'll burn you. A child has to be reminded, it's hot, don't touch it. But you know what? Some children will still, guess what? Touch. And guess what? They learn the word hot. You don't have to keep telling them. If they touch it like one time, they'll say, ooh, that's hot. That's hot. They know. A child has to be reminded and put in remembrance. It's like a song. You know, you have to keep singing it and singing it to be reminded how it goes. So we're reminded of these truths. Seven vital things we add to our faith. And I'm going to just go over the seven again. Virtue. What is virtue? In this context, virtue is moral excellence or good character. Living right and doing right. That's a God kind of life. He's always trying to help us live and do right. The enemy is always constantly strategizing on us to do wrong. The enemy is always plotting and planning for us to do wrong. Not only would he put things in our eye gate so we can see, he also tried to put things in our ear gate so we can hear. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word, but faith cometh by hearing, whether you hear the word of God or not, if you keep hearing it and hearing it, that faith builds to believe whether it's wrong or right. That's why we have to watch what we see, watch what we hear, and definitely watch what we speak. Because out of the heart, there's an abundance that come out, but what we're feeding ourselves. In order to remain a more excellent people and in good standing with God, we have to focus in and get tuned in on what the Spirit of the Lord is telling us to do and not to do. Then the second one, you have to add knowledge or intelligence. You have to be intelligent. You have to have, you have, to have information, but the right kind of information, the God, God information from God to live, to add to your faith. Temperance. What is temperance? Temperance is self-control. We have to have self-control. Have you ever seen people just eat and eat and eat and eat and they had no self-control of what they're eating? Or have you seen people drink the wrong things? I don't, I'm not just talking about alcohol. I mean, you can drink soda if the Lord tells you not to do it. I mean, it's wrong. But you can, you can, have you seen people no self-control over, over their lives, over what they do, no restraints? But you have to have self-control. In other words, you have to have discipline. We have to be a disciplined people. We are a disciplined people. Patience. How many of you know you have to have patience to add with your faith? 
You know, the Word of God says we must be patient. We must not be in a hurry. And sometimes we're in such a hurry, we miss things. Isn't it funny sometimes when you're driving behind somebody and you're in a rush, it's amazing how the slowest person would just get right in front of you. And they're not in a hurry. They're taking their time. They're dressing their mirrors. You need to go 50 and they're only going 25. God will use people and use different examples to give you, to help work on your patience. And the word of God says, if you ask for it, he's going to give it to you. If you need patience, I'm telling you, most people don't even pay for patience no more. Because guess what? God is faithful. If you pray for patience, you're going to learn patience. You're going to be very, very patient. But let me share this one example with you of patience, a personal experience. I was driving on a street, and the speed limit was 35. And this guy jumped right in front of me, cut right in front of me. He was only going maybe about 10. And I was praying, Lord, you know, I was like, just help him speed up or, or turn or whatever. But you know that guy saved my life? I stayed behind him. And as I was coming up to the stop sign, the guy had went on through, and I was coming up next. And if I had been the first one, another car was coming the other way, didn't even stop, just kept on going about 60 miles an hour, would have totally destroyed the car. God give us patience so we can avoid some dangerous things. So patience is very important to add to our faith. Godliness, godliness is reverence for the things of God. We have to bet the things of God. Patience is so important. Godliness is so important. And to that, we got to add brotherly kindness. We must be kind to one another. We don't need to be rude to each other. We got to be kind and loving to one another. And the last thing he says, add these seven things is charity. Does anybody know another definition of charity? L-O-V-E. Love. Love. Not just love, but agape love. Agape love. Agape love. What God kind of love is. This is the kind of love we must have for one another. 1 Corinthians 13. Therefore, okay. I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and not charity. Mm -hmm. I am become as sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries mm -hmm. and all knowledge, and though I have all faith, mm -hmm. so that I could remove mountains mm -hmm. and have not charity, I am nothing. It's as though I can remove mountains. See, you can do great and mighty things and prophesy. You don't have love. You still don't have nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned uh -huh. and have not charity, it profits me nothing. See, no matter what you do, you can be rich, but if you don't have love, it doesn't profit you. Charity suffers long and is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity vaunteth not itself, is not puffed up. Charity suffers long. We got to be long-suffering with each other. We got to be kind, and we cannot envy. We can't be jealous of each other. That's not what this walk is about. The Christian walk is not about us competing with each other. We're not in competition with each other. It's not puffed up. It's, in, it's not prideful. They're talking about love. Doth not behave itself unseemly, seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil, rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth, beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. Charity never faileth, but whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether there be tongues, 
they shall cease. Rather there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. When I was a child, I spake as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. It's a while a child, I acted just like a child should act. I did things a child would do. When I became mature in Christ, there are some things we have to put behind us. And as a body of Christ, we're here to strengthen each other. We're not here to judge each other. The Bible said judge yourself, lest you not be judged. The Bible said we're to put away childish things, we're to help each other grow spiritually, and we're to love each other with the love of Christ. That's what the Christian walk is about. For now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face now. I know in part, but then shall I know even as also I am known. And now abideth faith, hope, charity, these three, but the greatest of these is charity. The word of God said you can have faith. And the word of God said you can have hope. And the word of God said you can have these three. The greatest of these three is love. Why? Because God is love. And because God is an awesome God. Greatest of these, the greatest of these is love. Romans 5, 1 through 9. We're going to start the fifth chapter and the first verse. It says, therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand. So if you're going to have access to grace, you must have faith first. And then by faith, you access, you have an entrance, you have a point you can walk into grace and or the favor of God. It's wherein we stand and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we glory in tribulations. See, a lot of people want to glory when things are going good. They want to rejoice when things are going good. But God said you rejoice whether it's good or not good. Amen. In and out of season. In famine and in plenty. It says here in tribulation, we still rejoice. Also, knowing that. What, why do we glory in tribulation? Not that we have tribulations. Not that we have sickness. That's not why we glory. He says, we glory in tribulation, knowing that tribulation worketh patience. Remember I told you about patience? You have to have patience to inherit the promises of God. And you have, by patience, experience. Experience is working in you. So you can look back at your past. David said, I slew the lion and the bear, and I can slay this giant. Why was he able to slay the giant? Because of previous experiences. God will give you experiences to help Take care of anything that comes up in your future that try to come against you in the plan of God. He's always got a plan for you. He's already given you a hope and know exactly the outcome of that. And he says, worketh patience. And patience, experience, and experience, hope. And hope, make it not a shame. Because the love of God is shared abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. For when we were yet without strength, some people are without strength. They're without the energy to maintain and go on forward in life. But God said, well, you were without strength. In that time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely would a righteous man will die for one. Yet, preadventure for a good man, some would even dare to die. But God commanded his love towards us. Why? Because our God is an awesome God. Amen. That while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than being now justified by his blood, 
we shall be saved from the wrath through him. God wants to save us from some things. He wants to save us from famine, from disasters, from sickness, from plague. For if when we were enemies, we were yet reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. We're saved because of the life that Christ gave for us. God is faithful. God is awesome. He's too amazing. His grace is so great. His mercy is everlasting. His truth endure to all generations. He's God alone. He can do all things. He created all things. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. If this message has been encouraging and a blessing to you, be sure to subscribe. And thank you for your generous financial support.